Hey everyone, it's episode 76 with Jess Freeman. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, before we dive into the interview, and it's a good one, so stay tuned, I want to let you guys know about the Show Up System, a small program I launched last week. The Show Up System is my complete organization around generating content ideas, organizing the ones you already have, repurposing old content, and putting it all together with brand visuals so that you always have something to say and know exactly how you can show up for yourself for your business, and for the greater good and make a much bigger impact that you've been desiring. The show up system is going to guide you through this no matter where you are right now. If you are an online service provider, a business coach, a wellness pro or health coach, obviously you're spending a lot of time online and without on-brand content ideas, it can kind of feel like you're talking out there into the void. The show up system is going to teach you how to do it in a methodical, on-brand way so that you can systematize showing up and systematize your branding so that you can get more clients and have the impact that you desire. Now on to our interview with Jessica Freeman. She is an award-winning web designer who helps service-based business owners build authority and get better clients through their website. Jess has been featured in over 50 different publications and podcasts and has her own podcast, The Digital Lounge. She lives in Atlanta, Georgia with her husband, Aaron, and we had a great chat, as you might imagine a brand strategist and website designer will do. We talk about a few different ideas, different ways that she would set up a website depending on different business owners' needs of their ideal clients. And then we dive into the absolute must-have three things just as every online service provider's website needs to have. And with that, let's welcome Jess onto the Know, Like, and Trust show. Jess, thank you so much for coming on to the Know, Like, and Trust show. Yes, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. So obviously, we serve a very similar market, and we do what I like to call shoulder things. It's not an official marketing term, but everyone talks about niching down. Everyone talks about having a really tight target client or ICA or whatever term they want. And I think a lot of my clients, at least, when we're in this niching down phase, they're like, but I can also help people that do X. And Mm -hmm. obviously, you and I probably already both know this, but for the listener's sake, it's really important to understand that just because you say you serve X doesn't mean that you can also help Y. You can. If a Y client comes to you, you can say, of course, we can help you. Tell me what you want. Let's make sure we're a good fit. And then you go from there. But it's really important to do all your marketing towards that one niche because that's how you hit the note. That's how you really tell them, yes, I am the right person for you. So when you're talking with other service providers, how do you handle that? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely run into and that was my thought before I started niching down was, but I can help all these people. And my husband, especially because he's not in this online space was like, why would you exclude people? (laughs) And I was like, no, it's just like you said, I just really market to this one particular industry. I mean, as a matter of fact, right now, I'm actually working with a client that's in my 
niche and a client that's not in my niche. And so whenever, you know, I get approached by people who are not in my niche, I've not really had an issue with them being like, but you don't like, I I don't see that you help, you know, makeup artist or whatever. They're like, I like your portfolio and I like, you know, how you present yourself online. It seems like, you know, your stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's really just that I seem approachable. Design is design. And so they're like, if I like your portfolio, then I want to have you do my site. (laughs) I've only had a few people over the years who were not in my niche that were like, now, you know, like I'm a stylist. Have you worked with other stylists? Have you worked with, you know, whatever? And I always tell them if I have, then I say, yeah, like here's Brittany and I've done her stuff or whatever. But if I haven't, I say, no, maybe here's someone that's kind of close to your brand. You know, they might be another different industry, but you guys kind of have a similar vibe. And then I just explain design is design. It's kind of like a plumber can fix a million different types of toilets. It doesn't really matter what brand (laughs) they can work on a toilet. And for me, it's really, if you're a service provider, I can help you. And I can do like the e-commerce and product people, but I tend to steer away from that just because it's a whole other strategy and realm of things to deal with when it comes to a website. But I just kind of explain like, this is my skill set. This is what I can do. And it really is just all about your brand and in taking my skills and making it work for what you do. So I'd love to hear a few examples. When we're talking about creating a website that really sells someone's services to their best client, obviously you're going to take a different approach with one person versus the next. So I'd love to hear, and I'm going to make up some ideas here. Okay. 100% truly off the fly. I haven't thought this through at all, which is always a great place to start a (laughs) podcast, right? So let's say that you are working with a nutritionist that focuses on people trying to improve their gut health. And their target client is a middle-aged woman who has elementary, maybe middle school-aged kids who's also working running the busy household. And because her kids are younger, they're probably a little bit picky and she's not willing to make multiple meals every day because time Mm -hmm. and life, of course. So how are we going to create a website that appeals to this woman? Right. So the first thing that I would say is we're going to keep it short and sweet. We're not going to have lots of things to read. This is not going to be the 10 paragraph kind of about page (laughs) or services page or whatever, because moms are busy and they want to get right to the point. Like, can you help me? Can you not? Do you have what I need help with? So I think having a really clear message, which is something I always work with on my, with my clients is not just like, Oh, I, I help you live a healthy, happy life. Well, I don't know what that means. Like if you offer you know, meal plans for moms, then that needs to be super apparent on your homepage and on other pages too. But most of the time we land on a homepage. And so it needs to say like, I help moms feed their kids or, you know, (laughs) I help moms with meal plans so they can spend more time with their family or something like that. So making sure that messaging is really clear. And then 
you know, really making sure you also like, it's just easy to navigate. It's easy to purchase because again, moms tend to not have a lot of time and they just want to get straight to the point. And something that I always say with clients is content helps build that know, like, and trust. It helps build authority. So whether that's a blog or a podcast, or I would probably say not YouTube for moms. They probably don't have a lot of time to just sit there and watch, you know, YouTube videos, but podcasts, maybe they could listen like while they're driving kids to school or getting ready. Again, if we're blogging, maybe shorter blogs, but something to help build that rapport with them and provide value, especially providing value because they're not going to want to just read a blog about your Christmas vacation. (laughs) They're going to want to see like how to meal prep, you know, for an entire week or how 10 different ways to use vegetables or something like that. Something really, really actionable, but that clear message and providing value is really going to help make it easier for moms to either hire you or buy from you. Love it. Okay, so that's one idea. Now let's throw a completely different one out. So let's say that I am a yoga and body movement instructor for the 55 plus crowd. So obviously they're spending a little less time online. They're not as you know mobile friendly. They're not as internet savvy. How would a website for that crowd differ than the previous one we were just talking about? So the biggest difference here is we don't want to use any fancy like lingo, (laughs) not to insult the older crowd, but we just want to be sure sometimes, you know, I've seen people, they have a blog, but they might call it like journal notes articles, like they kind of have, you know, different names for it. They try and be creative. This is an audience we want to be super clear with. Something else I would really do, which is very technical, I would make the font size on your website larger. I'm not saying it has to be like 45 point, but most of the time for my clients, font size is around 14 to 16 point on the website. I would lean more towards like 18 or 19 probably. And that obviously depends on which font you're using because like Arial versus Laura might look (laughs) different when it's both, you know, 18 point, but somewhere around there. But bigger than average. Yeah. Bigger than average without being obnoxious. Something else I would probably avoid is, you know, it's not uncommon for us to have like a banner image with text on top of it or some kind of background, even if it's not a picture of you, but maybe it's a picture with texture or like a sky or an ocean or something. If we have any backgrounds, I would make sure that it's very minimal because again, we want it to be easier to read for this older crowd. So we want the text to be high contrast. And honestly, sometimes I'm not even 30. And sometimes I look at websites and I cannot read it (laughs) because it's the text is tiny. The background picture is super busy, not easy to read. And I'm like, I'm not even old and I can't read this. So (laughs) for the older crowd, we want to be sure it is very, very easy to read. And that also includes like maybe not using colors on top of colors, which I generally try to avoid anyway, because like red on top of blue is awful to look at. Like that's an awful color combination. White on top of green depends on the shade of green that 
it might be easy to read and it might not be. So I would probably lean towards black and white, maybe use, you know, color dividers, use color around your images, something like that. Just again, to make it super easy to read. And like I said, with the last example, again, making it super clear of what you do, here's how to buy. (laughs) And then you might really need to have like your phone number visible. So you might want to hook up like a Google voice number to not put out your own personal phone number. Because again, you have to think about how does your demographic operate? Are they going to be okay with filling out a contact form, sending an email? They might, they might be totally fine with that. But I know from personal experience, a lot of this older crowd prefers to just pick up the phone and call you. So you can have that contact form or or whatever it is, but I would probably also try having a business phone number very visible on your website. That's a great point. And I think especially for us younger folk, we don't think about that because we're so busy. We don't want to ever pick up the phone at this point. No, you know? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> and it makes a really great point that, you know, there's different segments. There are different people that still depend on the phone as the trustworthy device. Point being is know your audience, know what they need and how they prefer to operate. Yeah, that's the whole point of, yes, our website is obviously like about us and how we can help you and all that kind of fun stuff. But you really, really have to keep the end user in mind and put your own preferences aside. If you really love this like fun color scheme, use it sparingly on your website. You know, if you have this older crowd and then go wild on Instagram stories using all those fun colors (laughs) because we really want to make sure that it's easy for them to navigate. And I mean, that's regardless of what age they are or if they're a mom or not a mom, we want it to be easy to navigate. But there are certain industries where it's like you need to be very aware of how your industry, your niche acts and operates online. 100%. So one of the things that I know that you are highly aware of, but I've noticed lately, I'm in a mastermind and one of the other women in the mastermind is launching a new product and asked us all to take a look at the sales page. And the first thing I noticed was in the above the fold, you know, that first screen area, she didn't actually say who this product was for. And in her case, it was for under 40s women who are divorced. And I knew this from previous interactions, but even with me knowing it, it took me like three scrolls to remember that because, you know, I just hopped on a sales page. I wasn't really paying attention at first. And it took me three scrolls to realize who she was talking to. And then I was like, oh, yeah. And then I scrolled back up and looked at it and looked at the page with an entirely new set of eyes and perspective. And I think all of us in the service industry, probably product as well for that matter, have a tendency to know our product so well that we miss these cues because to us, it's just normal. Well, yeah, of course I'm a brand strategist. Of course that's what I'm selling. And I find myself doing the same thing at times. You know, I put something out there and I look at all my copy and I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. I'm so good. I've got great backgrounds. My fonts are readable. My headlines are great. And I don't actually tell them what I'm selling. How many people are in that same boat? Is that something that you deal with on a common basis? Are you constantly fighting that? Like, where is that in the web design's perspective? 
Oh yeah. I am constantly telling this to people when I'm working with them on their website or doing like a website audit or whatever. And I mean, I'll be honest, I struggle with this too. When I put out stuff and I'm like, this is great. This looks awesome. And just as my own example, I'll be totally transparent. So I have a sales page for my membership and like the first headline said like better website, better clients. And I thought it was so great and a simple sales page and had a launch and then got some feedback. Like I sent out feedback forms to people who didn't enroll and I forget like what the question was, but several people were saying, well, I want to learn how to like convert more website visitors into clients. And I was like, that's the whole point of my membership. (laughs) And I was like, it says it on the sales page. What is the problem? Like I, it, it did, it actually did say it on the sales page, but it just wasn't as big of a headline. It wasn't the first thing they saw. And so I was like, well, guess I'm going to like trash my cutesy headline and just be very plain and simple at the top. I mean, which, you know, turn website visitors into clients, very straightforward, very actionable, makes sense as, as to what you do. So whenever people, you know, have me look at their sales page or we're working on a sales page, I always tell them like, don't put the name of your thing at the very top or don't use your cutesy tagline like I did. <laughs> use the top headline to tell people like what they're going to get out of this, like turn website visitors into clients, lose 10 pounds in three months, whatever it is. Then like a little bit further down the page, that's when you could say introducing and then put the name of your product. Because most of the time we can come up with great names for our products, but it maybe is not super clear <laughs> what the name of the product is or like the name doesn't really convey what you're doing. So that's why I'm like, make it super clear at the top and then maybe right under that or two or three paragraphs down, then you can put the name. Cause like you said, like if you're lost from the start, <laughs> then you're just confused the more and more you scroll down the page. Yeah, totally. And I've also done the exact same thing. So you were in good company here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. I was naming a program last fall and I had done quite a bit of market research with people who were the target for this program. And I floated three name options for this project in front of a few that had really good connections with. And one of them was like, I like it, but it just sounds kind of boring. And she wanted to essentially fluff up the language, you know, make it fluffy. And I know exactly what I said back to her. I said, if I make it any more clever, it won't be clear. And clear is always better than clever. Mm. And I I only know this from experience because I have crashed and burned in the past on this. Yeah. I like to remind people that, like you said, clear is better than clever most of the time. And function is more important than form. Like, yes, you want a beautiful website, but if it's super confusing to navigate, if it's slow, if like it just is too much design and it's overwhelming, like then you've totally defeated the purpose of even having a website. Absolutely. Totally. And I've also fallen into that trap myself because as a brand strategist and someone who's all about the visuals, my background is in photography and graphic design. I always want things to be pretty. And actually, it's one of my core values. 
aesthetic beauty is so important to me. And I can fall into that myself as wanting things to be pretty and feeling like things are too boring or too clean if they're just functional. So it's a balance, right? It's totally balanced because there's also a very strong argument for having a great looking website or brand or logo or book cover, whatever, because we judge books by their cover and that includes our website. So like, it's not that I'm, you know, telling everyone listening to just have a plain black and white website that's super boring because we do want to show off our personality, build that know, like, and trust and have a good looking brand. So people know we're professional and reputable, but when it becomes overwhelming, that's when we get into trouble. So it is definitely a balance. So when you're talking about how a professional website will help someone build their online brand and move their personal brand forward, what are the key things? And obviously, we talked specifics in a few examples earlier on, but what are the general key things you want them to include in that website to, one, convey their brand, two, attract that best client for them, and then three, show some personality and style? Yeah. So a few things that are very, very simple. I mean, I could talk for two hours about things you need on your website, but at the very basic level, some things that I think really strongly help convey your brand, build know, like, and trust and bring in those clients are one, a picture of you smiling. This is so important. There is research that shows Having a smiling picture on your website builds more trust than words. So just you smiling at the camera already helps build trust, which makes sense because in this online world, like we don't usually get to meet someone in person. So we're trying to learn all about you and decide if we trust you from pictures and words. And so we want to look at you and say, oh, Brittany looks really nice and approachable. I Maybe I could work with her. Let me keep scrolling. The next thing is testimonials. That social proof is so important. But what most people get wrong is they just have testimonials that say, Brittany was so great to work with. She's really nice, which, okay, yes, you're nice. That's great. But how did she actually help you change your business or change your health or whatever it is that you're helping people with. So having testimonials that actually talk about more specific things. I mean, it doesn't have to be like, I lost 19 pounds in X amount of time, or, you know, I made (laughs) $2,335. Like it doesn't have to be that specific unless they offer it up, but something that's, oh, they helped me double my revenue. I was able to get off all of my medicine, like something like that. That's really specific because that's going to help someone who's reading the website better relate with your past clients because that person might also be like, yeah, I'm taking a lot of medicine and need to lose weight or get healthy and get off all these medicines, you know, that kind of thing. So the picture, the social proof, and then this is also where just having the good design and good copy that really communicates your value and making your website more about them. There are definitely instances where you can say like, hey, I'm Brittany and (laughs) a little bit about me. But most of your website, as I tell my clients, should start with you sentences. Like you're struggling with blank. You're tired of feeling like blank. 
and make it about them so they relate better to you. And then after you've kind of listed out their pain points and you're talking about all these things that they're experiencing, then you can say, I help you blank, 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 so that you can start to feel blank. So when you make it more about them, they start relating better to you. I've heard it said by a copywriter, and I don't remember who, I wish I did, that when you write your website copy, the words you should appear three times as often as I or me. Yes, absolutely. Like we think that it should be, you know, I know when I work with clients, they're like, I just, I hate writing about myself. I I don't know what to say. And I'm like, don't worry, it doesn't need to be all about you. Like it needs to be all about them. So Go talk to your past clients or potential clients, people in your industry, listen to what their pain points are, what they're struggling with, what they want, and then use that to write your copy. Perfect. Well, Jess, thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to say in closing? Just remember that always keep the end user in mind. I know I already said that a few times, but I think it bears repeating because (laughs) it's something that's so difficult to do because we get caught up in like, oh, my favorite color is pink and I love this and I love that. But what is going to make the most sense to them and draw in those dreamy clients? Awesome. And then I think you have a challenge coming up in March, right? I do. I'm doing a work your website challenge. So if you've got some big goals for 2020 or you just are like, man, I really need to kind of give my website a facelift. I have a challenge. You can go to justcreatives.com slash challenge to sign up and join us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we'll talk with you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much to Jess for coming on to the No Like and Trust Show. I love chatting with other podcasters. We just have this great back and forth and it made for a really fun discussion. Reminder, the show up system is available on my website. You can go to brittanygarner.com forward slash show up system. It is only $27 and we are ready to help you start showing up for your business. Can't wait to see you there. If you are looking to find out more about me, you can find me on my website, brittanygardner.com or on Instagram at I am Brittany Gardner.